0: We all go a little mad sometimes here at the Disenfranchised Podcast, where that podcast all about those franchises of one, those films that fancy themselves full-fledged franchises before falling flat on their face after the first film. I am your host, Stephen Foxworthy, going off the rails on a crazy train, and I am joined as usual by my co-host. You might know him by his given name, but we all know him as Codename Trixie. It's Tucker. Hey, Tucker. Hi, Stephen. How's it going? It goes, man. How are you doing tonight? Uh you know,
1: I'm okay. Uh <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm really excited to talk about this movie, Steven. I really am. And we should also notice that uh our friend Brett has not been feeling himself since he drank the water. We wish him a speedy recovery and many happy returns. But until yeah, then Yeah, he's real close to the crick. He is. Weirdly. So, Like, Um, we're far from the crick. We are. We're pretty far from the crick. So, hasn't even gotten to us yet. I, what, what, what hasn't gotten to us, Tucker? Oh, what? Straight up, what? (laughs) What hasn't gotten to us, codename Trixie? Um, Uh, uh, (laughs) and we are the disenfranchised podcast. So, yeah, um, we are here. It's the last week of October. It is the last episode of October. It is our last episode of our 2023 Thon, which is why we are definitely feeling and missing the presence of Brett this week. Um, but we are we, this whole month. We've been talking about Romero remakes that were meant to kick off franchises, but didn't. And I think we've come to the last one. And um, it's the only one that doesn't have zombies in it. Weirdly. Um, Tucker, what movie are we talking about today? we're talking about the crazies or as they say in germany das crazies uh los crazies in espanol uh less crazies in french yes yeah or uh and in canada they say the crazies eh (laughs) damn it you took it i was about to do that (laughs) Uh, yes, we're talking about the 2010 remake of *The Crazies*, directed by Breck Eisner, returning to the to the uh, returning to the podcast writers Scott Kosar and Ray Wright, and starring. Wait, what did he do that you already covered? The Last Witch Hunter. Oh yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, 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 and yeah, yeah. Future. I wish also, that had
0: a better script. Mm, he also directed future <laughs> episode of this podcast, Sahara. So.
1: Yeah, I never had any interest in that. That'll be yeah. interesting to he's, watch. He's, kind of.
0: he's directed three feature films, and they are all able to be covered on this podcast, which is wild. sweet. Let's do it. And starring Roda Mitchell, Timothy Oliphant, re- also, returning yes. yes. uh, also, returning. <laughs> also returning to the show, Daniel Panabaker, much better cast this time around, also returning to the show, Daniel Panabaker, Joe Anderson, Christy Lynn Smith, Brett Rickaby, Preston Bailey, uh, John Aylward. I love that guy. Um and many others. Tucker, what a cast. What a picture.
1: Uh yeah, I really, really like this movie. And while we're talking about it's, the cast, good. really quickly, we should mention that Lynn Lowry
0: from the original is yes. the lady on the bike. She is the lady singing the haunting song, riding through the center of town on a bicycle. Um and uh, she's dressed up like a little child and singing a very haunting song, but she is a grown-ass woman. And um, she's also the reason uh, that I went on
1: a six-and-a-half-hour rabbit hole of cat people movies
0: this last it, week. If you're interested in that, check out the Patreon. We talked all about it. Yeah, we're uh, that's coming out this Sunday. So head on over to patreon.com slash pod. To get the latest episode of "What Are We Watching" when it drops, because she's in everything. Apparently, yeah, she's been in a lot of shows.
1: everything.
0: Um, so yeah, but yeah, I really the... like
1: this movie, and I really like the cast too. Yeah, the cast. I really is like. Great. I think. I mean, obviously, uh, Timothy Oliphant and and Roda Mitchell. I really like their chemistry, and they they really stand out as the leads. But I really like Joe Anderson as Russell because I really like how kind of simple that character appears, Mm -hmm. but how complicated he becomes. Mm. And I really appreciate his performance of that character. I don't think I don't think anybody else could have done it that way. Like, I don't want anybody else to play that role ever. That's fair, because I thought he was I thought he was that good.
0: Right on. Like um, my I was watching with my partner. My partner did not care for this movie. But she was like, Yeah, Timothy Oliphant. Like, she's like, Everyone seems wooden, like really wooden. I was like, Wait, you were calling a Timothy Oliphant performance wooden? How dare you? The audacity. She's like, No, and I'm like, No, it, he, he, everything he does, with the exception of maybe Santa Clarita diet, is very wooden. That's kind of his thing, you know? And, but here's the thing the man, I've I not seen justified, to be fair. I have not seen justified, so I can't speak authoritatively on that. But like, Deadwood, wooden. Um, Hitman wouldn't. And I think I said this Dream on Hitman, two fairly wooden. <laughs> yeah. What I like, I, I think I Santa clarita diet might be one of the best things he's ever done. And I think I said this on the Hitman episode, but mm-hmm. get Timothy Oliphant in some comedy. Like that dude needs to be doing comedy. And it's a shame that comedy does, doesn't happen anymore. That's but... why
1: you need to check out Fargo season four, Stephen, is Because he Timothy Oliphant is in it. And though it's not a comedy, his character is very comedic.
0: And I like that. I love that mode for him. And I think he does it really
1: well. In that show. He's like a Texas Ranger that's very religious. Mm. and it's really really funny and he just he nails it then he plays it straight it's not funny because he's like like no it's not clown shoes he's like playing it straight and that's why it's funny
0: no and i i mean humor is found in honesty so if you can be very true to something and you can find the humor in it fairly easily that's the the crazy thing i believe as a amateur actor but like i saw there's a clip of him on conan where he gives his quote masterclass on screen versus stage acting. Mm -hmm. And cause Conan asks him what the difference is. And he's like, I think we could help people. Can you help me out? Can you come around the desk here? And so Conan comes around the desk and like gets down, like, like crouches down to his level. And he goes now, see when it's film, he goes, he goes, I want you to pull it. Tells the camera guy, I want you to pull in close, like right here. And when I tell you pull out and they just like pull back and he goes, okay. So, And he's like talking to Conan. He's like, it's all right here. Like everything on, on screen, on camera, on TV, it's all right here. It's all in the face. And, and what's, what's, what's happening outside the frame. It doesn't matter, but it's very intense. And I'm saying, stay with me, stay with me. Conan's like, I'm staying with you. I'm staying with you. And you hear the audience like starting to laugh. He's like, stay with me. I'm talking to you. And I'm really intense right now. He goes in and pull back and he pulls back and his pants are at his ankles. And he has just (laughs) completely dropped trowel. Um, And he goes, and now it's a completely different scene. Because in theater, (laughs) you see all of it, like everything, everything is up for grabs. Whereas in film, it doesn't, which is why Peter Cushing wore fucking slippers on the Death Star in Star Wars, because the boots were uncomfortable. So, yeah. Marlon Brando
1: famously pantsless through most
0: of his career. Yeah
1: seriously like that's a real thing
0: (laughs) and not just last tango in paris like all the movies yeah no like just because your boy just you know he
1: just got uncomfortable sit around if you can sit around your boxes at work
0: more power to you one of my favorite simultaneously favorite and Lee's favorite marlon brando stories is the fact that he refused to uh, on on the movie the game which is i think one of his last films if not his final film uh he refused to listen to anything You mean the Frank- score? The score, that is what I mean. Sorry, I said the game. Mm, fucked up with the game, boy. Mm. Mm, the score. No, I do mean the yeah, score. There you go. With Eddie <laughs> Norton, yeah. Yeah, and uh, and Bobby D. Um he refused to take any direction from Frank Oz because he refused to take direction from Miss Piggy. From a Muppet. Yeah, from straight yeah. up Miss Piggy. <laughs> he goes I won't he goes I won't take direction from Miss Piggy. So Frank had to give all of his all of oh his direction goodness. to De Niro, who would then give it to Brando. Like, yeah. he had to go through the other actors on sc- on set. Like, it's <sighs> insane. Insane. He should have been a drummer. He's so brilliant, but such an asshole.
1: hmm Every good drummer I've ever met. <laughs> such an <laughs> asshole.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, you know... I, that's not in, entirely been my experience but i know i know a couple of asshole drummers so yeah.
1: <laughs> i'm not disparaging all drummers i am well aware that not all drummers are assholes just there are an exceptions over, to every an role. overwhelming number of drummers that i've met especially the good ones
0: mm-hmm. it's like guys oh, named josh like not everyone named josh is an asshole but a lot yeah. of them are and well, it kind of wow. ruins up the yeah. rest of you yeah yeah that's just how it goes yeah it's okay josh we like you we yeah you're, you're, you're one of the good ones, Josh. It's okay.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway, oh, we are here that, to Cut talk. that,
1: cut that, cut that.
0: <laughs> it might actually get cut. <laughs> that might. It really might. <laughs> it won't. Well, I it... guarantee you it probably won't. <gasps> anyway we are here to talk about the 2010 film the crazies is crazy yeah, just, um, like just like that um yeah this movie's fucking wild dude it's really good do you want to just get the plot out of the way so we can just dig into this bitch well we should talk about our histories with this film it yeah, should be pretty short for it. both of us i just watched it for the first time today you go
1: well, um, The Crazies, the original one. Um, I oh, saw I saw that one probably, for the first time yesterday. Go. <laughs> I probably saw that in my early 20s. Uh, mm. That was when Anchor Bay was really digging deep and putting out <laughs> DVDs of shit that you hadn't been able to get a hold of for years. God and The Crazies bless was Bay. one of those things. Um, and so I got that and I watched it. And I thought it was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been a fan of it ever since. It's not. Something that I watch often, I'd say it's in the every five years Mm -hmm. category, you know, more or less. Sometimes it'll be less, sometimes it'll be more, but average five years between watches. Um, Just because it is so, it's such an upsetting film. Mm. Like, that movie has always upset me, and the older I get, the more it upsets me. But I I I I mean, I love it, it's such a good movie, but it's so so upsetting because well, like i, I said, said this... uh yeah, i was ahead. saying during the what are we watching i was saying that it's such a low budget
2: mm-hmm. and
1: it really helps the film because you feel more like a fly on the wall right or it, not even documentary style like past that like mm-hmm. there isn't even a documentary you're just somehow like witnessing this right and it's it's horrifying it's unnerving and it's unsettling and it may honestly it makes me uncomfortable
0: and yeah. i love it it I, and I said this during what are we watching as well, like especially after, you know, post 2020, and you know, lo- looking at the government response to an actual pandemic, it it really yeah. hits a lot differently. Yeah, like it's it's pretty, and you know, for to hear hear these people talking about a a virus and they're initially not sure where it comes from or, or what it is and like how it spreads and like kind of feeding false information and like putting people together and i mean like and then not listening to the people that are you know supposedly the experts on the thing like it's it's really fucking harrowing i gotta
1: say the most disturbing part about both films for me um, and i'll get to my experience with the remake here in a second is the amount of and it just seems like a side thing because it's not violent or gory or or action or whatever, but they keep split keep splitting up children from their parents. hmm And mm-hmm. that really, really bothers me, like, to yeah. my core. To see that happen just, like, destroys me.
0: Well, I mean, you like, are a the father, first... so
1: that tracks. That makes sense. Oh, the dread that is there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, it's just insane like there's some of it in the original and then um when they're first rounding everybody up in in the remake mm-hmm. and that dude just snatches that toddler from that lady i'm like mm-hmm. fuck no dude like <laughs> like coming right. to the tv at that guy like oh no dude yeah dude it's, no
0: it's it's, mm. Ooh, it's very upsetting it is it is Whew, like primal, it's, primal it's, in a primal it's way. It's upsetting. Moments. Yeah, it's those little moments too. It's not oh. even any like major moments, but it's the little, sh- little things like that that make them. And I would, I would argue the original is leaps and bounds more disturbing than the the remake. Honestly, I agree. I agree for for one very obvious reason, but a lot of subtle little reasons as well mm-hmm.
1: well i think the the biggest difference um is that the remake is it's just a movie mm-hmm. it's just a regular old movie it's a good-ass movie but it's just a regular ass movie it's not like this very weird experience like the original one is it's a very unique experience just mm-hmm. the just watching the film is a unique experience you don't watch movies like that you know yeah. not normally
0: well, and, um, I mean, I, I, I was telling you, like I, th- like Romero's kind of a prophet man. Like he was, he yeah. presaged a lot. Like that guy just kind of knew what what it was about, and like knew how to put it out there so that people could like reckon with it, even if they yeah. in 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 very large part they were not ready to reckon with it. But he he put it out there, and like I don't know, fucking deal with it, dude. Like he, wow, what a filmmaker. Yeah really cool dude uh, i mm-hmm. saw
1: the remake which george romero produced the remake. executive was produced, yeah. executive producer on that so he saw some cash for sure so that was mm-hmm. nice good for him um that's i that's what i like about a lot of west craven remakes too is that west craven will executive produce them just mm-hmm. so that you know he's just kind of there
0: and he's like mm, i don't know maybe like i'm sure he consults a bit I I don't think he does like executive producer is classic like in name only kind of a well, thing like producer I think, in name I think only. It really, I think it really depends.
1: Um, I I have heard that um. The um, who was I just talking about? Wes Craven. Yes, I have heard that on remakes of his mm-hmm. movies he consulted a bit like with the script and stuff, sure. not with like Wishmaster or any of that West Craven, like Dracula 2000, none of that. Right. She did not give a yeah, fuck yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah. He's just like, here's some money. Make your movie. Maybe well, and I'm something. talking Who like knows? the,
0: like the, the deep nightmare, like movies and shit like that. Like there's no way he's consulting on that. And if he is, they're not paying no. attention. No, no, absolutely
1: not. Um, I just, I, I do believe I had an issue of Fangoria that came out, uh, that was advertising this when, when I still got Fangoria sent to me at my house, I'm a big direct edition guy. Like you I don't want to fuck around. I don't want to fuck around and go like comic books. Back when I was a kid, I used to have like three or four different comic books coming in my mailbox. That's what I want for Christmas. For my birthday, I'd be like, give me a fucking year subscription to ASM or like X-Men or something, or what if, you know? And so that's what I would get for like Christmas and birthdays. So I'd have magazines, comic books, Man, I'm not trying to bother my parents that every time we go to the goddamn store. Mm-hmm. Like, just get me the subscription for Christmas, and then we don't have to talk about it ever again. <laughs> like, sure. You don't even have to take me out to get it. Like, it's just going to come to
0: me. It'll come to the house, right? I, I was God very convincing, opinion.
1: yes. So I had like a million magazines and a million comic books coming to me when I was a kid. Um, but I used to get Fangoria, and I remember the issue... That This didn't come out when I was a kid, by the way. I'm just saying I started doing that when I was a kid. And up until it became pretty much impossible to do that, I continued to. So I was probably getting it delivered to my house or I was buying it at the comic book shop uh, when this came out. And I remember the article saying that uh, Romero um, did consult creatively on it a bit. Mm -hmm. Just kind of like they would run stuff past him kind of things. They'd be like, you know hey, George, does this sound rad? And he'd be like, yeah, that sounds rad. Or he'd be like, no, that doesn't sound rad. You know, (laughs) like very basic consulting kind of stuff. Like in no way guiding it artistically, but still giving his opinion, you know? Correct, yeah. Providing the
0: insights when requested.
1: And I think that's great when you're doing a remake and you can get the original director or writer or something to give you that kind of feedback to where they don't have a hand in it, but they're still kind of, if you have some questions for them, you know?
0: Beyond just, like, the the vague giving it their blessing kind of thing. Like, go and Mm -hmm. God bless. But actually, like, actually getting their input, I think, is valuable. And, I mean, I think, like, that's definitely a role that Romero played on the first movie we covered this month, the remake of Night of the Living Dead.
1: shit, he basically co-directed that the way I hear it. To hear Tom Savini tell it, he basically co-directed that.
0: Makes sense. Like, and again, Savini, it feels like Savini kind of worships romero so it it makes Mm -hmm. sense that that would be uh, like the savini would probably absolutely defer to romero at on probably anything honestly savini had been (laughs) with with no better way
1: to say this up george romero's ass for so long Mm -hmm. that he was supposed to do the effects on the original night of the living dead but he was in vietnam
0: vietnam
1: yeah, dude, he was he was out there like in the jungle listening to Fortunate Son over and over on loop. <laughs> Just like how every else time would a helicopter passes, he was in... he's like, "Wait, <laughs> how <laughs> else would he have known he was in?" Big <laughs> Big,
0: um... <laughs> yeah, right. I think I think whenever whenever there wasn't a helicopter going by, it was uh, it was Buffalo Springfield's uh, for what? Oh it's yeah, worth. there's something happening oh, here.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: Yes. You know, I actually get offended if there's a Vietnam scene in a movie and that song is not there or if I feel a movie like you've mentioned that Vietnam.
0: recently. Like, I feel like you've mentioned that within the last couple of weeks. That's possible.
1: But it's weird because I remember mentioning it in a conversation with someone completely different.
2: Hmm. Steven, are you my
1: FBI agent?
0: Are you secretly uh... my FBI agent? God, if so, I am underqualified <laughs> and underpaid. I tell you that right now. Paid? You're getting paid? Yeah, FBI agents typically do, yeah. 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 I, but no, I'm not, and that's the problem. <laughs> um, but no, man, like, no, absolutely. Like, getting, getting uh, Romero on, because I think the only movie we've covered that Romero doesn't have at least some vested interest in this month was last week's day of the dead. dead which yeah is easily the nadir of all the movies that we've covered this month like the day of the dead remake and again we use that term loosely is um it's is the worst it's fucking the worst movie we've covered this month it's
1: really bad uh but i will repeat once again It's one of those bad movies. You get the right people around and maybe the right substances. You're going to have a really good time, especially that first half. There's some just nuggets, golden nuggets of terrible dialogue. You know what? Where's Uh, mom? Exactly, man. That's what I'm talking about.
0: (laughs) All Mm. right. Calm down, Nick Cannon. It's okay. (laughs) I'll give you money.
1: (laughs) Oh, what a D-bag. What a (laughs) D-bag. All right. Let's do the plot, Steven. Let's do it. Let's fucking Let's do it. Do no, the wait. Plots. No, you told you said yours. It was
0: yeah. Just no, I mean, them, so. I, I, yeah. I just watched. The, I watched the original last night. I watched the remake earlier today. Um, yeah. Like, I, I mean, I can tell you my thoughts on Timothy Oliphant's career, but I feel like I've done that a couple times already. We so. have we
1: have talked about it. Yeah, we even um, briefly touched upon it earlier enough did. to kind of recap, honestly. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, it's um. No, I I dug uh, I. And we'll get into this more later, but there are things I really enjoyed about this remake and things I really didn't. And the things that I really didn't cost this movie a whole half star for me. Um, Well, let's get on with the plot because I'm dying
1: to know what it is you didn't like about this movie.
0: Right on. Right on. Um, So, yeah. So this is uh, the plot in 60 seconds. It's the part of the show where... uh, at the behest of uh, what is it we say the uh, Canadian quarter of indifference oh, there she is. Yeah. Oh good, you found her. I
1: I oh, noticed no were wait. rifling there's some
0: change there. That's Caribbean. Look, I've got a I've got a
1: Caribbean quarter. And um <laughs> I've also I've also got when, one when, from the when Bahamas did Billy Ocean as well. get here. <laughs> I'm a Sarah, the centrist. Ooh, that harmony All on my that. Will be be ever. Ever. No more
2: love. Will run. Uh, run. Yeah,
1: dude. Uh, love it. Billy Ocean. Suddenly. Billy Ocean,
0: yeah. Okay, I'm done. No more. Billy Ocean. Bring back Ooh. Billy Ocean. Um where he didn't go anywhere, man. He's still around. I know, but bring like bring him back to the mainstream is what I'm saying. Life let's, has
1: no meaning.
0: Let's let Billy Ocean have like a Rick Astley moment, please and thank please. you. Please. Like he needs it, and I, I'm here for it to be completely honest with you. You know what, anyway. Billy Ocean? Get out of my dreams, get
1: into my car. That's it. Get into my car. Ugh. I don't know if you guys can do it. Most people don't realize how way into Billy Ocean I am.
0: No, Billy Ocean. is. pretty insane, much man.
1: half of my life, like, is Billy Ocean. <laughs> you laugh, really, but it's
0: true. Really, you've got a BBO and, a, and an AEO or ABO. Like, yeah, before Billy Ocean and after Billy Ocean time in your life. There's no such thing. Billy Ocean's always been there. There is no
1: before Billy, man. I don't know. I don't know what life is without Billy. In fact, life has no meaning to me. Without Billy,
0: you know. Wild. Wild. Ah. Fucking
1: wild. That's one of the things. Billy Ocean and Tom Petty are the two artists when the season is over. Mm Mm-hmm. I'll go out back into the campground at night with my headphones on and sing Billy Ocean songs and Tom Petty songs at the top of my fucking lungs at like two o'clock in the morning.
0: And it feels great. You know who my artist to do that with is? Who that, And it's an artist that I have been physically compared to on more than one occasion. Uh, recently deceased, actually died I think just last year and just rocked my fucking world because I'm such a big fan of this artist. Is Not it meatloaf? His politics. Yeah, it's Meatloaf. Of course it's fucking Meatloaf. I fucking love Meatloaf, man. King of the Power God. For- forgot that he died last year, man. Yeah, man. Oh, that's right, because I watched Tenacious D and Pick of Destiny in honor of him the day he died. That's right. I listened to the entirety of one of my all-time favorite albums, uh, Bad Out of Hell, which I've been re-listening to over the last like week my my partner like mentioned like asked me a question like what are your favorite albums and bad at of hell was absolutely one of my top five favorite albums i love that album like top to bottom there are no misses on that album so, steven we need to do karaoke
1: and you and i need to do a duet of paradise by the dashboard light i'll be the lady don't worry i can handle it um but because everybody does it and everybody fucks it up Mm-hmm. It's like why even do a song at karaoke that you don't know well enough to do it at karaoke? Even Though if you suck at singing.
0: lonely in the deep dark the song. night. Yeah, dude. I can see paradise by the yeah. dashboard light. I love that. Yeah, I meet love we'll Fuck That's love it that right there.
1: Bunk, we ever go to karaoke? When we go to karaoke, Steven. We'll and we'll, we'll need to the get we'll,
0: we'll need to get a third party to record it so we can put it up here behind the paywall for our patrons.
1: Oh yeah, dude, that video is going out. It's going wide. Yeah.
0: No, it, but it's not. It's not going like live, live. It's it's for for patrons only. Disenfranch or uh, patron dot com slash disenfranch pod. Patrons only.
1: Here's what we do. We do a pop up pop up video. We put it out for just like a little bit. And, like, maybe put some whispers out on social media. Of like, oh, man, if you went to this place, maybe you'd see something really cool. And then people would see <laughs> it. And then we'd take it down. Mm. And it'd be, like,
0: it'd be lost media unless you were on the Patreon. We do, like, a we do like a Dark Knight-style, like, viral marketing thing where, like, people yeah. have to, like, put together, like, pieces, like, geocaching and shit. And then it's just us singing Paradise on just... the Dashboard, like, in some shit bar. Like, yep. <laughs> Taken with a shitty cell phone camera. Absolutely. Yes. I love this for Way us. into it.
1: Way into it. Yeah. Uh,
0: anyway, that Ooh, anyway, that plot. Anyway, plot in 60. God, we just, we digress so heavily. Hey, Billy we, Ocean.
1: What? You talk about Billy Ocean, we're going to be here for a minute. So Meatloaf, son. And Breakfast, meatloaf, lunch, and but... dinner. Yeah, dude. What's that guy? What's his writing partner, guys? Jim name? Steinman. Because I, you know what I've noticed a lot since probably the early 2000s? is when any of his records are mentioned uh they always say meatloaf and jim steinman instead of just like it's a meatloaf record
0: because i feel like they kind
1: of have the same relationship to like elton john and that one dude have right
0: toppin yeah
1: yeah he just writes
0: this like they're two heads of the same dragon like but here's the thing like not all of meatloaf songs are jim steinman like bat out of hell three has i think maybe two or three steinman songs and the rest oh, are written by shade. someone else yeah um now one of them is like the superior rendition of it's all coming back to me now which he duets with Marion raven which is oh nice i will tell you the perfect version of that song i actually made my partner listen to it i like watch the music video for it earlier this week because i was just as soon as she got me thinking about like my favorite albums. I just had Meatloaf on the brain constantly, um, yeah. and that is one of my favorite Meatloaf tracks. Like without question, uh, it's so fucking good. Um, but yeah, if, and, but like Simon and Simon wrote like Total Eclipse of the Heart. He wrote mm-hmm. Making Love Out of Nothing at All. Like if there's like a really epic power ballad from like a specific part of point in time, chances are Jim Steinman was behind it. But no one did Steinman better than Meatloaf, and I don't think Meatloaf was ever better. Than when he was re- was singing anything not written by Jim Steinman, like Jim Steinman was when he was at when when Meatloaf was singing with Jim Steinman, both of those artists were at their pinnacle, and like Meatloaf perfected everything that Steinman wrote, and Steinman was able to play to Meatloaf's strengths in a way that no other writer could, and it's just like this that kind of perfect artistic fusion, that like. Comes along maybe once in a lifetime for an artist, and it was so good. It was so good to watch them cook.
2: Yeah, dude,
0: I love it. it sounds rad. He like and Steinman wrote all the songs for Bad of Hell's One and Two. So
1: I appreciate your enthusiasm for Meatloaf a Day.
0: I fucking love Meatloaf a Day, man.
1: It brings me joy. I that I mean, he meat, brings
0: you joy. I I fucking love it, dude. We're and just I, all gotten, joyous now. I've gotten a lot of shit from my meatloaf love, but I got to tell you, I I love meatloaf.
1: At least like peripherally, you know, people like I'm meatloaf's not right in front of me, but like I got a good I got a good side eye on him. You know what I mean? He's no Billy Ocean for me,
0: but like, you know, at least I'm aware and I I know what's up. Actually, like I I went to uh, I went to a brewery just around the corner from my apartment not too long ago, and there was a guy in there and he stops me as soon as I walk in the door. He's like, oh, my God, you look just like meatloaf. (laughs) I was like, I was not prepared for this today, sir, but thank you. <laughs> and the I do sign time, autographs of him and actually then, for sixty dollars. I came back again and he was there and he just he looked at me and he shook his head. He goes, I swear you look so much like meat. And I was just like, You're not the first to say so, sir. Like, mm. but yeah, no, I love meatloaf, man. Actually, me friend too. of the podcast, uh, Andrew. Greetings was uh, the first one who uh, told me I looked like meatloaf, and actually kickstarted my meatloaf obsession. So, thank you, Andrew. He'll be on the he'll, he's a future guest of the podcast. He'll be on. He'll be on one of his He days. will be missed. Oh no, <laughs> no missed. he'll be on. He'll be on the podcast.
2: Okay. Yeah.
0: Anyway, did you find the Canadian quarter of indifference? I done. Ben found it, Stephen. Okay. Well, look, we had a whole tangent sidebar on meatloaf and Billy Ocean, and it needed to happen. Look, if we're not going on tangents, are we even a podcast? Oh, I don't know. I don't know either. Like, otherwise, we're just like two buddies talking to each other. But anyway, um, the plot in 60 seconds, this is the part where at the behest of the Canadian Quarter of Indifference, which Tucker will flip, uh, we will decide which of us will be recounting the plot of 2010's The Crazies in 60 seconds or less. Tucker Give that little coin a flippy flip. Okay,
1: you're going to call it in the air, yeah? I am. Okay, queen or moose, Steven? Queen or moose? Here we go. Hi. Uh, I'm calling Tails.
0: It is Tails. Mwahahaha. <laughs> you finally got the moose. I finally got the moose, which means it's finally time for you to do the plot. I will. I will do the plot. I'm not
1: excited about it, though. Uh, i i mean when are we ever sometimes i am but this one it's it's um it's a little bit of a road movie without being a road movie it is i don't like that i enjoy those movies but like the beats all the beats Mm -hmm. don't exactly stick with me if i don't watch them a whole lot you know right but i think i got the the broad
0: strokes well, I have 60 seconds on the clock. I will give you the 30 and 10 second warnings as I do. Your time will start whenever you do. Oh,
1: shit. How does it start? Uh Oh, the guy at the baseball game. So there's Lily game and this dude comes out with his gun and uh, the sheriff's like, hey, man. And the guy's like, what? And it's like, he doesn't say anything, but his face is like, what? And. He goes to shoot the sheriff, and the sheriff shoots him. And some people are mad at him for that, but it turns out he was go 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 crazy with the Trixie virus, which uh, was accidentally there was a plane that was carrying it to be destroyed, that that uh, fucking crashed in the woods and got in the water supply. So people are going go 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 crazy, and so uh, eventually you get the sheriff and his wife, the deputy, and uh, that gal from the hospital or whatever. Uh, and they're together and they go to get her boyfriend and he gets killed and his mom gets killed, but they tell the army guy, they're like, no, don't tell on us Mr. Army guy. We want to be in the sequel. And so he doesn't tell on them. 10 and seconds. so they get to go, they go to the truck stop and then like everybody dies except for the sheriff and his wife. And they get to, uh, Des Moines. The end. Cedar Rapids. Same thing
0: where it's all going to
1: start again. Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. Uh, kind of they, they did the nuke in this one because mm-hmm. in the original one there, they were talking about, they talked about it a bit. Right. And, uh, and they may they have didn't. done it. They right, may have know. done it. We don't know because once homeboy leaves, once they're like, no, you got to go take it's in fucking Tennessee or whatever now. So you got to go check that out. And he's like, All right. and he just hops up
0: on the helicopter. And he's like, Perf! and that's the end of the movie strips all his clothes off, puts on new clothes and pieces out That's my impression of it <laughs> Tucker over here yeah. doing visual comedy on an auditory <laughs> medium it's, like, it's just for you Steven it's all for you. Oh now jump off the roof um no oh I thought you were doing an omen reference no they do the they do the they do the nuke in this one though they do they absolutely do like they they nuke. This fictional Iowa town.
1: And there's, I mean, luckily there's nobody there when they do. Well, no one that's not crazy that we know. Or of. dead. Because right. they killed, they killed all, the military killed all the infected they could. They killed all the people that weren't infected also.
0: Right, that's kind I of remember the Remember with the like,
1: wristbands, you remember that, they show Yeah. Them, At the end, you're like, holy fuck, they just killed everybody.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's that's the most horrifying reveal of the movie is when you pan out through that truck and you see that they're all like they've killed literally everyone. Like she's like his wife is laying on the ground when they're in the truck stop, which is supposed to I think was supposed to be like the refuge where they were taking everybody and she just has that's where they were the night that's where they took shells.
1: Yeah, that's where they took the people who were not infected was to the truck stop. That's where the scene Mm. where the guy rips the kid from the lady. Yes. Yes. That's at the truck stop. That's where he's talking to the one guy and he's like, yo, I'm going to go get my wife and you're not going to. And we're not going to concentrate on the reasons for either of those motherfucking things we about to do. Right. The end. That guy's like, all right, I understand.
0: You don't ask me why I'm going back for your wife. I won't ask you why you're not. Yeah, that's. It's just a really good line. I really really like that part. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's one of the, it's one of the good pieces of dialogue here. Um, I don't know. Like I, there are things about this movie. I really like, like I like, I, I simultaneously like, and dislike the choice that this film makes to focus entirely on the civilian population and not on the government response
1: yeah, I kind of I kind of miss that too. I don't think mm. I feel like the movie is just like the original about mm. 20 minutes too long if I'm Agreed. being honest. Agreed. And, and
0: this is I feel like this is actually shorter than the original too. This one's an hour and
1: 40, I believe. Right. It is. I and think what's... the original's rat right, right at an hour
0: and 40 as well.
1: Oh, hour exactly. and 39,
0: okay. I believe. Uh 143, hour 43. So just a little, just a hair longer, the the original, um, but like, but I feel like that that's something I would have liked to have seen,
1: but I don't think there was really any room for it because of the character development that they were trying to do with the survivors, you know.
0: Right. No. And it'd, it'd be. Completely- I'd rather. I'd rather get a spinoff
1: movie, honestly, where we just get that whole
0: movie from their perspective. The one thing I really feel like we're missing is a Dr. Watts character, like a Richard France kind of presence. Um, dummies, like, dummies. Dummies. Who is also the uh, the, the one-eyed scientist guy. on Dawn of the Dead. Uh, and yeah. Was also... he's. Did
1: you know he's the world's foremost um, expert on Orson Welles' stage career? Oh, is that why
0: he has not can done you a movie see since that? 19 Can you see eight, that 90? in yes. him,
1: though? Can you see the
0: Orson Welles in him just a I little bit? I 100% can. Yes. And I fucking love it. Yes. You
1: gotta go to his Wikipedia page, dude. Check him out on Wikipedia. It's really oh interesting God. stuff I, he's done I, with Orson Welles
0: Theater. I like, absolutely career. will now. I, yeah, because I was just, he's such a compelling presence in mm-hmm. every one of the movies I've seen him in. He was also in um, another Romero film, uh, There's Always Vanilla which Romero considers one of his worst films, which I think was the film he made before the crazies. It Um, was right
1: after night of the living dead. And like for the longest, he's also apparently an uncredited zombie. in,
0: yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no Richard Francis, this is, I think his largest role in a Romero film and he's so good in it. And like, I miss that kind of a presence. Like that guy is so compelling to look at. Like I want to get just like a jowly character actor in there to like do all the shit he was doing and just like be shouting and condescending and not telling anyone shit like because that's i so there are i also think that the original is far more tragic than the remake like there are mm-hmm. moments, there are elements Especially of tragedy what
1: happens to, to him, to your boy you were just talking about, man. Exactly. No, that's he what I'm. That's what I'm about out, to say. Yeah. And he rolls out to tell everybody, and they're like, "Who are you? Get over there!" And he's like, "No, no, I. Do you know who I am?" And they're like, "No, actually, we don't. Fuck off." And, <laughs> and, and you're like, he, "What?"
0: Because what? he's so adamant and so like insistent, they think he's one of the crazies, and so they shove him in with them. And while he's <laughs> trying to escape, he actually the causes whole- them. To overpower the people there and ends up dying in and breaking the vials of blood that he had found the basically that held the cure for the damn he's the the
1: cure that he'd spent the whole movie.
0: Yes, to that point in
1: several scenes, several key scenes, and then he just walks out and the guards are like, fuck you, dude. And it's over. It's over.
0: Yeah, at that's that it. point all hope dies. That's like any any chance of like that that going forward. And because at the end they say multiple times we had no idea what he was working on. We had no idea what we're hoping someone can figure it out. Someone else from the Trixie board is going to be down there to help you in Louisville when you get there, but I don't know what he was doing. Like and that that's one el- like the other is what happens to Judy. Like Judy's mm-hmm. a very tragic figure in this movie. And and um yeah. Katie Kathy, Kathy, the the Lynn Lowry, the the little girl, Mm -hmm. like, holy shit, that's fucking tragic. Like, Mm -hmm. and her death scene is so poignant. And to hear Lynn Lowry talk about it, she's like, I, you know, I wanted to do more. I wanted to, like, ham it up. And Romero was like, no, just give me an O and then fall over. And I think as she got older, she learned to appreciate what that was going for. But it's such a powerful, tragic moment. And then like that, that scene with her and her dad is God, it's so fucking disturbing. And yeah, I mean that I, the the original is just steeped in tragedy, but I think one of the biggest tragedies, what happens to Dr. Watts, we just don't get, we don't get it in this movie. Like I was looking through after I watched the original, I was kind of like, well, who plays the analog of not even Dr. Watts, but who plays the analog of um, the head of the, uh, the head of the military, um, Colonel Peckham, like who plays Colonel, Pe- and I didn't see a Colonel Peckham. Wait, there's, there's nobody,
1: it's there's only just...
0: from the perspective of the survivors. And on one level, I like it because it gives you a chance to really get to know those characters. But on the other hand, Agreed. like you're missing half the movie. And I think a sequel to this movie really could have been the side story of what happens, what like mm-hmm. the military response like the guy who they the flip the fucking car over, like the flip the caravan over, like that guy could be a a prominent character. And you get this moment where the two stories intersect and you get that scene that plays in both movies. That would be really cool. And then the third movie is, you know what happens in Cedar Rapids and how it's spreading. Like you could, you could absolutely build a franchise from this movie. You know, maybe I think to a smaller extent, the scene with the, the
1: guy where they flip his car over uh does harken back to some of just the the hopelessness of the original to where every mm-hmm. time we think we're getting somewhere snuffed out exactly and it, it's but not as big of a beat as I any say, of it those. doesn't
0: go it doesn't go quite deep enough but i feel not like it kind of i feel like it kind
1: of calls back to the original in that way to where the guy's like oh okay i'll straight up tell you here you go this is what's happening you need to go to and then he's fucking dead right and you're right. like wait a minute hold on (laughs) yeah (laughs) like i said not as big as the beats in the original but i do feel that that was kind of the same sort of vibe they were going for with that and And for me it was it was effective enough
0: right and you can tell that that's what they're going for but to the degree the degree to which they're successful like particularly when you're comparing it to romero's film it just it 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 feels like it falls a little flat for me
1: well and if anything it's more of a callback just that one part i think because this is even though it's essentially the same story it's it's a very different movie first Mm. of all it's a movie like it's a real honest to god movie whereas like the original crazies i don't even know what that is it's wonderful but i don't even know what it is right I'm glad it is, whatever it is, but I don't know what it is. But this, the remake is an actual movie, so it kind of has to follow movie rules, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And I think for what it is, it does the best job that it possibly can, but I would not, I would not be being honest if I didn't say I also missed some of just the, the utter hopelessness and brutality of the original. It, It is implied a lot in the remake and there are a few scenes that kind of call back to where it's like remember how fucked up it was in the original well this is kind of fucked up too like Mm -hmm. but also we're a real ass movie so we can't get you know can't get too crazy with
0: it yeah yeah yeah, exactly um and then the other thing and this is the this is the thing that really knocked the movie a half star for me is Mm -hmm. the repetition of certain things like what Like, for starters, the fact that the deputy is always saving... Uh, the 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 sheriff's
1: ass always. There are there are a few too many. Like, it is a real ass movie, so people have to come in at the mm-hmm. exact last minute to save the person who's about to yeah. be killed. Yes, that to happens on the... every time in this movie. It
0: it and, and speaking it, of it's if, it, it feels contrived. Like the first time you're like okay good, the second time you're like what the fuck, the third time you're like okay fuck, what are we doing here? Jesus, like, for
1: me it's spread out enough that like I notice it, but I don't care. Because, like, there's so much good in between. And I was just thinking what we were saying about um, things that harken back to just, like, those sudden instances of we're getting somewhere and then suddenly we're not. Um, Mm -hmm. The car out of the car wash. Mm -hmm. When that helicopter just, like, they're like, oh, good, the car's out. We could, nope. Mm Mm-hmm. fucking love that scene like every time they they do those little nods i'm way Mm -hmm. into it because they're not as the stakes aren't as big but still it's like oh man it's really i really it's really creative the way they do it i think in this speaking of
0: the car wash scene this is the second movie that we've talked about on this podcast where it is a remake of a of a horror film from the 2000s in which danielle Panabaker dies a pretty vicious death because we also covered yeah. the Friday the 13th remake and she does the exact She's same thing. Th- yeah. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that, I mean, wild. Um, I don't think that she dies in Piranha three double D, but if she does, that would be a third one, but we wouldn't cover that on this podcast. Cause that is a sequel to the reboot of Piranha. And we have taste. Do we though? I thought the first one was good. Look, I love John Gulager.
1: John Gulager's is one of those guys like John K minus the pedophilia.
0: You're um, you're 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 the son of your uh, your boy
1: Clue Gulager. Yeah, dude. Um so he directed Feast, which Feast is a wonderful anti horror horror movie. It's the best kind of spoof without being a spoof kind of movies. And it's great and I love it. But it's only that great because John Gulager is so brilliant, but Little Ben Affleck and little Matt Damon were back here being like, uh-uh, hold up, pull that back just a little bit, but take about 20% off the top, you're going to be perfect. They weren't there for the sequels. Um, right. They were awful. Uh, the first Piranha remake, there was somebody, maybe it was the studio, I don't know, that was keeping him in check. Double D, boy, must have had Final Cut, because, who, boy, that movie just goes way too far.
0: It it has the uh the, the Sam Raimi Spider Man two thing where the first one is successful enough that they'll let you do whatever you want for the sequel, and you do, and it kinda of ruins the thing. So but not for Spider Man two though, but No, no, Spider Man two well But I know, I know what you mean. I, Bad example, but
1: I know what you mean, yeah.
0: He's he's not I mean, John Gulager is not Sam Raimi. He's no Sam Raimi, no. Right. He's he's a good
1: filmmaker. I think. Uh, but like I say, he's the kind of guy like John K. where you kind of have to. He needs somebody to rein him in. Yeah. And a lot needs- of great artists do, honestly. Sure. <clears throat> um, Not sure why we started talking about John Gulliger, but. It's a good because place to stop, Dan- Steven.
0: I'm giving you an editing point. Daniel Panabaker's in Piranha 3 Double D. Um, yeah, I got to go pee. Yeah, go do it. I will. I'm, I'm One, two, three, my- go. I'm unplugging my headphones in case you want to
1: serenade me again. I'm not gonna sing to you while you pee, Steven. You did it before. Oh, I didn't know you were peeing before. I must not have been paying attention. Five
0: minutes later.
1: We're talking about that girl in Double D. And she's in Friday
0: the 13th, and she's in this movie, and she dies. She dies, yes. Daniel Panabaker straight up dies in this movie. She and gets then strangled she dies. by a crazy. Yeah,
1: um, and it's so sudden. That whole that whole scene, it just I really love that set piece because it seems like it's going to be very tropey, but Mm -hmm. it really, really throws you for everything that happens. It's not what you expect and it never happens when you expect it to happen. And I think that's I would that comes down to writing, directing, editing as well. Mm. I just think
0: everybody that worked on this movie did a really stellar job. The other instance of repetition that really got on my nerves Uh and I think it only happens twice. But it irked me the second time I was just like, oh, God, come on again. <laughs> um, is the 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 sheriff's wife, Judy, will be doing something and then we'll do like suddenly we'll just like move the camera and go a little wider. And there's a crazy standing in the background, just like just in the corner of the frame. Hey, hey, I agree with you. But that
1: second one, if that noise hadn't been there, I wouldn't have seen that motherfucker. So this every time, every time I kind of a bitch every time I watch that movie, I'm always impressed by that because you're just watching her do her thing. And mm-hmm. you're like, Oh, this is nice. This shot's widening out. This is kind of a cool shot. And then the little noise comes in. And you're like, wait, what am I supposed to be? Oh my fuck.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's very well,
1: effective.
0: I didn't even notice it until they cut back. Like, cause they cut to the sheriff and then they cut back. <laughs> and that's when I saw it when they cut back. Wow. wow. Because this movie is dark as fuck. There were moments of this movie I could not see a a single thing that was happening on the screen. Are you watching it upscaled or are you putting your TV on 1080p? I watch it on the version on your Voodoo. I've got my 4K TV on. Okay, you
1: have your 4K TV on, but does it switch resolutions when it goes to a lower resolution or does it stay 4K?
0: Oh, it probably stays 4K.
1: That's why it looked like garbage, because it was upscaling. Oh. You need to figure out how to put your TV into 1080p mode so that you can watch stuff that's not in 4K and it doesn't look like glossy garbage.
0: But yeah, I like I just I couldn't see like half this movie. This movie was dark. That's
1: too shit. bad, man. This is one maybe you should have watched on your phone. I
0: don't do that <laughs> if I
1: can help it, okay? I only hey, do that when know. I need to. For me, it depends on what it is, what kind of movie it is, sure, or show, and if I've seen it before is a sure. very big factor. Sure,
0: understood. I mean, I watched most of the movies I watched in 2020 on my phone because that was just the easiest and best way to watch them. That's so, fair, but it's yeah. fair as fuck. But yeah, I mean, this one I watched on my big ass TV. Man, I watched that shit in 4K. And
1: those are your gripes.
0: So how
1: about that how about that pitchfork scene?
0: It's pretty rad, dude. Ooh wee. It was pretty rad. I love I I mean it's the poster, so you're kind of expecting it. So when it happens, you're like, you're doing the Leo points at the screen thing. (laughs) Yeah. But 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 it deserves to be on the poster. That's like a that's a
1: really big moment. With the exception of as we talked about before, there are a, a few too many last minute convenient saves in this movie and that scene mm-hmm. ends with That's that outside of that relevant. yeah outside of that it's fantastic it's just unnerving
0: like this this very well paced, close call well movie, or deus ex machina the movie
1: like, yeah
0: <laughs> somebody's always there someone someone's conveniently always right where they need to be yeah. but like not a moment too soon no, we've got to get some danger and some real danger in there yeah. first. But it, it but it never, because you expect that, like, it never really feels as dangerous as it should. Again, it feels more like a movie, whereas with Romero, you don't doubt that any one of these fuckers could die at any second. And you half expect yeah. them all to. Like, that's that's the thing. Like, you expect them all to get, because, again, you're at least when we watch it now we're kind of expecting well this is the zombie guy and these are zombie adjacent they're not zombies they're not dead Mm -hmm. but like they have that kind of it's a similar kind of thing like it's some they're infected by something and it causes them to act abnormally um Mm -hmm. so in that regard like you're 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 expecting something like that but it it just never hits quite quite the, the same and and whereas this movie like you're always expecting the hero is going to jump out and have the hero moment because this again feels very much like a hollywood movie for me the perfect remake cannot be as
1: good as the original no and that's it's- why i for me this is the perfect remake because it mm-hmm. does exactly what a remake is supposed to do and what a remake is supposed to do is supposed to take and an old film that people like and rejigger it a bit mm-hmm. and modernize it a bit, put some modern sensibilities in there, clean it up, put a little bit more
0: money into it. Bam. And, and, and of course we all know the remakes that are better than the original. We're looking at like the fly, uh, the thing, i'm very uh i i
1: want to say cape fear but the original's so good too but they're so different that's the thing yeah. like i don't feel like i can compare them they are the same movie but they're so different tonally mm-hmm. like it's the same story mm, robert mitchum shows up too in that one shows up on both of them.
0: robert yeah. mitchum like a motherfucker Mitchum like a motherfucker we do Ooh, love some robert mitchum oh, we, we were do. talking about robert mitchum before we started recording but yeah we're always i'm always talking about robert mitchum
2: Best, robert mitchum and
0: billy ocean those are my two go-tos robert mitchum like a motherfucker um yeah dude like no it's but and uh i would oh um little shop of horrors i would say the remake is is better than the original oh yeah yeah i, think. Yeah, like, I agree those are, those are my big three like for remit.
1: me, Night mm-hmm. of the Living Dead, but we've already established yeah, are, that you do not agree with that.
0: that. I do not, no. Which
1: is fair. Which is fair.
0: Yeah. I feel I, like I there's... just feel like the original is oh, just like right. a masterpiece. I have heard, I cannot vouch for this, but I've heard that the Alexander Aja um, remake of The Hills Have Eyes is better than the original. I don't think it's better,
1: but it's a lot like this movie where it is a perfect remake it does exactly what a remake is supposed to do mm-hmm. that's i'm glad you mentioned that because i didn't even i didn't even think about it but i feel the same way about that film i just um, know where, that
0: friend of the podcast sammy dumas is very strongly of that opinion so
1: oh i didn't realize sammy agreed with me on that
0: that's no no no. he's, we'll he's of the opinion that
1: it is better than the original oh well i'm interested yeah. to hear why I'll probably agree with the reasons, but I might not agree that it's better.
0: I was gonna say you'll you'll see him this weekend, I'm sure.
1: I know, um, dude. We'll talk about it. We're gonna talk. Uh, also, the sequel, the sequel to the remake, is a fun little movie too. It's I've not heard that as well. It's not good. Well, I mean, it's good for what it is, but it's not. It's well, kind of a weird sequel to the original. To the original. garbage. Oh, and maybe one of yeah. the worst
0: things that Craven's ever directed. But see, the sequel that's to the remake—that's craven in remake, desperate need of a paycheck—is the Hills
1: Have Eyes too. That the 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 sequel to the remake is more of a um, uh, they just use the the characters from the original as like slasher villains, mm-hmm. and you have a team of like an army unit that's out. Looking for them or for something I don't Remember and they just pick them off one by One man it's simple it's stupid But it's really well done I mean, that's the Performances just are great just, and it's Just predator. yeah it's it's Predator with nuclear hillbillies Okay And it's really amazing Uh right. It's right. I don't it's It's a little movie though it's just a little Just a little teeny squirt of a movie It's nothing to like get too excited About but for what it is it's really good I recommend it to anybody who just wants a like a fun hour and a half. It's good times. Uh, But yeah, like I say, um, the Hills Have Eyes remake, I think, is the same with Last House on the left. I don't know if you saw that, the remake of that.
0: I think I saw that one before I saw the original. I saw that Mm -hmm. one and I actually had to walk out on the remake because I was I I was like, I can't I can't watch this. I think my roommate was watching it with really? a really, I thought it was. I, I couldn't, I couldn't stick with it.
1: I thought it was tame by
0: comparison to the original. Well, again, I hadn't seen the original at that point. Like, I've, I've since oh. I, I did the remake of a couple, I think during quarantine, when I was just like, I want to watch a lot of Wes Craven movies. So I watched like a shit ton of Wes Craven during that. Yeah. But yeah.
1: Well, it's got, um, it's got Aaron Paul
0: it in it
1: and our boy from, um, Uh, Raising Hope with the face, Yeah, that guy.
0: Garrett Dillon from from
1: Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead. Now, Last House on the Left, it's not a perfect remake like The Crazies or The Hills Have Eyes, but it's more in the RoboCop category where it it does a pretty good job of doing what it's supposed to do. Above average job of remaking a movie is what I'd say. It's pretty good. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Hi, I'm Tucker yep. and I like movies.
0: Nah, we're, we <laughs> like movies. Movies are fun. So, what exactly? So, so I guess I, I, I would like for you to elaborate a little further, if you could, on as to what makes this movie, in your words, a perfect remake. Well, like I said before, <clears throat> it stays pretty close to
1: the original premise. Which this one does, um, it's no Dawn of the Dead where it's just hey zombies mall Dawn of the Dead right? Like right. no, it's it's the Crazies. It it is the Crazies. It's unmistakably it the. Cra- if you saw this and it weren't called the Crazies, you'd be like, how is this not a remake of the fucking Crazies? Right, fair. Um, particularly because
0: all the character names are functionally the same. Yeah, yeah, they sure are. Um,
1: <laughs> but <laughs> um, I think that the script uses the original as a foundation Mm. and what it builds on top of it i think it it kind of fits the mold of a perfect remake where i said to where like you update the setting you update the characters update the dialogue update the story a little bit inject a lot more money into it get some Mm. stars in there and that's, that's what makes a perfect remake. Something that, that carries the tone of the original that, that gets the original and does something very similar to it in the same vein, while also kind of being its own thing and telling its own story. Fair enough. And that's why it's, that's why it's the perfect remake, man, because it, for me, at least, and I, I why? hear what you're saying. I understand your gripes about it. Like that, those things don't bother me, but I get it. Like, i'm aware that those things exist they just don't bother me sure um <clears throat> but to me say? that's why yeah that's that's why it perfect because for me it hits every one of those perfectly it's perfectly updated i think the setting works so much better now it being like in iowa where instead mm. of it being instead of it being like hill country it's like flat nothing country right it's farm uh, instead of, yeah, instead of Evan City, it's just fucking fields. And Evan City is hilly as fuck. I don't know if you've ever been to Evan City. I
0: have not, no. I don't think I've ever but it been through that state at all. It uh, is
1: very whatever. Hilly. In fact, they're not kidding at the beginning of Night of the Living Dead. You do have to drive up a big windy road just to get up to that fucking cemetery because mm. it's on a cliff. That cemetery is literally on a cliff. Oh geez Have you, if been you there? ever go through Pennsylvania? Yeah, several times. I initially went there because it was the cemetery from Night of the Living Dead. But then I just fucking fell in love with it, man. every time I go to Pennsylvania, I go through there. Right on. spent the night there once. It
0: was beautiful. In the cemetery? That's wild. Yeah. I met some deer. It was cool. Just had yourself a little, like, Snow White moment? Out there with all the woodland creatures? I guess. There's an eyelash in my mouth or something. I was going to say, you're picking at your tongue like you just, like, Really gro- I'm right sorry. Here. This is really gross. Yeah, this is great podcasting is what this is.
1: Oh, my God. Did I get it? I felt it. It felt even bigger. It might be like an actual hair from my head. Is it? Uh. Uh-uh. Where is that? Come- oh, my God. I'm I so uncomfortable just, now.
0: I think your tongue is just growing. You're uncomfortable. God, you don't have to watch you do this. <laughs> I can turn the camera off.
1: It is pretty disgusting. Hold up. Hold up. Wait,
0: where's the camera off
1: button? I can turn it off for you. Okay, there keep you talking, go. Steven. You got it. Uh, uh.
0: I can't keep talking through this.
1: I think it's too far back in my mouth. I'm going to have to take a drink and swallow it, I feel like.
0: Yeah, just, just drink some water, dude. Like, why are oh, you but just... I had it.
1: I had it. Oh, I hate hair in my mouth. Uh, Okay. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, Crazies is a perfect remake, and that's why. And I think I got the hair out of my mouth. Uh, no, it's in my throat now. Perfect, Steven. Perfect. Now there's hair in my throat. Was you know how hard your- that is to get out?
0: Just drink some more water, dude. Water? What's that? Water's for poor people, Steven. Yeah, well, you know me.
1: Uh, you're down with OPP?
0: I mean, who isn't?
1: Not me. That's gross. That's cheating, Stephen. That's bad. You should be. You should be able to trust your partner, Stephen. No opps, Stephen. I don't
0: think I know what opp stands
1: for. Sorry. Really? Okay. So you're not familiar with the song? Okay. Well, I mean, I know.
0: I know that line, but yeah, I don't know what it stands for.
1: OPP is a song about uh having relations outside of your relationship
0: oh OPP, yeah, no, meaning
1: other people's oh, you get it i do you get In it
0: oh yeah yeah
1: yes of either kind they both right. start with p with various slang terms you know
0: sure
1: yeah so if you're down yeah. with opp
0: no i'm not yeah fun no. song not sure down. Uh, I think I know that from uh, Sister Act 2 when they repurpose it and say you're done with G-O-D.
1: That's what I, oh, that's I love the way. Sister Act
0: movies, Steven. I love them so much. I do. Is too.
1: the third one going to happen? Is no, it happening? I'm pretty positive it won't. I keep like they keep starting and stopping
0: and starting and stopping. And it's was going to be like on Disney Plus or something. That uh. seems like a thing. I mean, Kathy and Jimmy kind of lives on Disney Plus these days. There's a poster. Oh, geez. Are you serious? They're in
1: pre-production. Kiki Palmer's going to be in it. I mean, I do love me some Kiki Palmer. Me too. I'll watch the shit out of this. Jennifer Lewis is going to be in it. Of course, uh, of course, uh, Kathy. uh, What's her nuts? is going to be in it too.
0: Jimmy, Kathy and Jimmy. Yeah, I mean, Bette Midler. What?
1: I hope they get the all of the surviving other nuns back too, because some of those ladies were old. I'm sure some of them are dead. Why
0: is Bette Midler on the name on the poster, but not listed on the? I mean, Dude, you know, I don't know, you know, Bette Midler was supposed to be the original, uh, Dolores, right? You know that. I could see that, and that would be rad. But I'm glad they went with Whoopi. I'm so because glad they went the, with Whoopi. The joke was that it's a Jewish nun, like that was the joke initially. I, I guess was that was <laughs> Is that a joke? Like, I'm just kidding. No, I, get joke, I get it. But yeah, then they changed it to whoopee and they're the rest, as they say,
1: But is in Harvey Keitel's filmography.
0: Yeah, that mm, boy, how it is it? Um, <laughs> but yeah, the Crazies, man, Crazies remake. What? Are, what no, are... let's talk about Sister Act. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, whenever I just want to feel catharsis, I put on the, uh, the O Maria scene from the first movie, and I just, I cannot oh, yes. help but cry by the end of that. By the end of that song, I am bawling like a child. Yo, the first movie's a masterpiece,
1: and the second movie is great, but it wouldn't be half as great without Lauren Hill, dude. That second movie Correct. fucking slaps so hard. Ooh, sister the- act like a motherfucker.
0: Yeah, that that also has one of my formative childhood crushes. Alana Ubach is okay.
1: In... Yeah, I know we're talking about okay.
0: Yeah, I yeah, I, I had a massive about... crush on Alana Ubach when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I was a weird I... kid, but yeah, I think
1: we all did. I think we all did.
0: I mean, we should. Uh, she is also the reason why I learned the entirety of the Love Boat song because she sings it in that movie. Um. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there you go. Um. The Crazies, man. The Crazies. Uh, what else? What else we got to say about the crazies, man? Is is pretty good? Is okay? It's
1: fucking rad, and Timothy Oliphant is great, and the dude that plays the deputy is great. I think the sound design is really good. Um, I learned about something. Uh, one of the first jump scares ever was in the original Cat People, and. Oh, yeah? And that's why the original name for a jump scare was like a bus break or something, because oh, that's really? what it is. Like there's this very quiet like chase scene in Cat People. You've got to see Cat People, Steven. It's so up your alley, dude. It's been
0: on my list
1: for a long Watch time. Watch it it's right happening. now, Steven. But anyway,
0: uh, <laughs> there's this
1: this chase and it gets really intense and it's just footsteps you just hear footsteps 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 it's like the only sound and then all of a sudden like a hydraulic break from a bus is like, <laughs> and it's like right there it's like a huge jump scare and you're like what the fuck and they even they redo it but they double down on it in the remake and it's really rad they redo the pool scene in the remake too which is pretty rad as well you know what I'm talking about once you see it Interesting. Um, okay. but anyway yeah that's like where jump scares got their start why did I mention that I was mentioning cat people for some reason I mean, we're talking about the, the crazies. crazies. But no, I was saying, oh, sound design. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there was definitely some of that, uh, those quick cuts in, in the remake and in the original, actually. Those quick cuts where something is very still and then it cuts into something very uh, not still. You know what Phenetic, I mean? yeah. What was the movie we were talking about that did, oh, Exorcist. The Exorcist yes. does that so fucking well. That's the master class right there. That's Agreed. how you fucking do it. 100%. But both of these movies do it pretty well too, I
0: think. It does and one of my well. least fit, The last two movies actually that we've discussed on this podcast feature one of my, and I didn't mention it last week. So I'll go ahead and mention it now. One of my least favorite kinds of jump scares, which is the final mm. shot of the film. Uh, mm. just a, a face just jumps in, for, in frame so and screams stupid. at me. It's I the worst. It. I hate it. It's cheap. And it should never fucking happen. And I that's hate it a Halloween
1: more. scare. That's a haunted house scare. That's yes. a trick or treat scare. That's not that's a little fun scare you have with your friends. That not that's not some shit you put in a movie and expect people to fucking respect it at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, and that's something both the Day of the Dead does and the the like. I don't. know, It's not a post credit scene. Like mid credits, I guess. Scene. Um, that also does that too. And I'm just like fuck this, fuck that, fuck. That I hate it so much. I don't like it, like, even a little bit. I think it's awful. I liked how that mid-credit scene started. I did too. Because, again, that sets you up for like everything set in that, in that, like, in the final shots of the film proper, and then in that mid-credit scene, sets you up for what the sequel could be. Like yeah. they're heading into Cedar Rapids. They think they're safe. And then you zoom out to the satellite view and then you see Cedar Rapids, Iowa population, da 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 And then in the bottom right-hand corner, it says commence containment protocol, which you saw over Ogden Marsh once it started. And so, you know, the whole shit they've just gone through, they're going to go through again. Well,
1: and see, maybe that's how you get more of the military angle in the sequel is they get there yeah it's already gone to shit and maybe you have like an outbreak situation where like you have kind of your representatives from military and civilian kind of representatives Mm -hmm. Uh, like you've seen outbreak right dustin hoffman and morgan freeman i haven't but i know the gist oh (laughs) steven i feel like you know i was thinking about this too um while i was watching both of these movies i was like i should tell them to watch outbreak too because it's so similar, it should also be credited as a remake, kind of. <laughs> uh, it's really good, though. Outbreak is amazing. Um, Yeah, you should definitely check that out. If you liked these two movies, Outbreak is like the big 90s tentpole version of that. You hmm. Remember those big 90s tentpole movies, like those serious thriller dramas?
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah Hi- dude. Yeah.
1: Outbreak is like the pinnacle of those kind of movies, and it's it's really good. I mean, look, just look at the cast, look at the director. I mean, it's you can't go wrong. Fair enough. Outbreak. That's a recommendation to anyone listening, and also to
0: Steven. I'm listening. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, The Crazies comes out uh, February twenty six, two thousand and. 10. It is um, made on a a budget of $19 million. It opens at number three the week it comes out uh, to $16 million on its way. So it makes almost its entire budget back in its opening weekend on its way. This is an interesting
1: week, though. I'm excited for you to say who's ahead of this movie.
0: I bet you are. Um, so it, on on its way to $39 million domestic, uh, and then a total worldwide box office of 56 million. So the worldwide box office ends up being about three times the production budget. I mean, a pretty decent return on investment, but not enough to apparently not enough to garner uh, a sequel. I think they're looking for bigger than They promoted the
1: hell out of this movie, man. I remember there were mobile games, like there were trailers everywhere it was it was they kind of expected it to be a huge thing it was a, a decent thing like it made some money but it wasn't anywhere near what they expected it to be
0: right right so yeah and unfortunately that's kind of where this ended then um opening at number one this week at the box office a little film by our good buddy uncle marty uh shutter Island. yeah dude we have duly appointed federal marshals I always forget that that's
1: a Scorsese movie. And apparently so does he. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so there's a question going around uh, Twitter this week. It was like, uh, "What's what was the first Martin Scorsese film you ever saw? And what's the first Scorsese film you ever saw in theaters? And someone said, uh, the first one I saw in theaters was Shutter Island, quote to error parentheses, but don't tell Marty um which i thought was really funny
1: that's the first of his movies that i saw in theaters not the first i saw of his the first i saw was bringing out the dead and then taxi driver and then i think raging
0: bull etc my answer to both of those questions is the aviator oh word i think i saw that at the movie theater too well that came out before shutter island so if you saw it in the movie theater, The Aviator. Did you know, first, it, though? Movie. It came out in 2004, dude. Okay. All right. I see. We're in timeline B. Okay.
1: gotcha. <laughs> no, that tracks. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway. Also
0: known as the sacred timeline.
1: Uh, timeline A is the sacred timeline. My sister was born on the 12th in timeline A. She's born on the 14th in timeline B. <laughs> That's how I can always tell which one I'm in. <laughs> Anyway. Both of them, though, strangely enough, it's it's stain. But I still no, have I that memory of stain so like, I don't yeah. know how that works. But in I both of my it. timelines, <laughs> Mandela affecting both of them, I guess.
0: I guess it's weird. Uh, number two, the movie you're probably most excited to gush about uh, a little movie starring my boy, Bruce Willis and your ya boy, Yaddy. Tracy Morgan, directed Yaddy. by your boy, Kevin Smith. A little movie called Cop Out. How much did that movie make this week, Stephen?
1: What was it? Was what did it get? It, it
0: opens this week. It opens to eighteen point two million dollars domestic. And
1: that was, it that was its opening week.
0: That was its opening weekend. Okay. It earned. Yeah, it
1: was supposed to do thirty.
0: That was the whole yeah. thing. It well, it was made on a budget of thirty seven, and in it, a row. It, <laughs> what you did is there and i see it it only makes <laughs> about f- a little less than 45 domestic oh, and, okay. 50- and 56 worldwide so it does not multiply very well at all that's too bad look it's not great
1: but i don't understand what everybody's big fucking hate boner for that movie is it's fine it's not like aggressively bad there are far far worse ways that you could spend an hour and a half. And I think Tracy Morgan's pretty funny in that fucking movie. I
0: think Cop Out is the only Kevin Smith movie I've never seen. It's not look,
1: it's not good, but it's also not bad. Like, it's fine. It's perfectly
0: fine. I think it is. The I don't only I, one of his films. I've never I seen.
1: really don't understand why everybody hates it so much. Like, what were they expecting? Like, my expectations were exactly where they needed to be, which is why I had a good time with it, like. <laughs> You should check yourself before you wreck yourself. The first thing that Kevin Smith did without Scott Mosier, Yeah. Buckle in, motherfucker. Like, what ride mm-hmm. do you think
0: you're taking? Right. On. Another one of those, you know, great checks and balances partnerships there. abso fucking Lutley. Yeah. Um, in third place or in fourth place, rather, down from three the week before in its 11th week in theaters with a 707 million dollar box office so far and counting jimmy cameron's avatar
1: i saw that at the movie theater
0: i did too i saw that one in imax 3d but you know what nobody saw the second one uh it's it, that the second movie made a shit ton of money though for a movie it's that a conspiracy, no one saw
1: steven it's a conspiracy man um like i said i don't know anybody who gives a fuck about that movie and i know a lot of people who give a fuck about movies
0: mm. nobody cares man nobody cares in fifth, in fifth place uh, a movie that could have absolutely been discussed on this podcast but for its regrettable sequel uh percy jackson and the olympians Colin, the oh.
1: lightning thief i'm so glad that it got a sequel because there are few things that i'm less interested in than shitty ya movies
2: hmm
1: like i'm cool with some decent ya movies like throw a hunger games my way all right whatever like i've had what are worse you talking times about a ya movie next you know
0: month? <laughs> which one is it well well i'll tell you after we're done
1: can you do it in sign language do you know sign language Stephen? do you know asl
0: i don't oh that's too bad
1: Hi, yeah that's hello i, just, I guess that's one just, way to say
0: hello i just did semaphore dude oh he's typing
1: he's typing what is it wait is that that's the name of the movie yeah i don't even know what the fuck that is you're there it is so i have zero expectations you know so maybe you know that gives me a clean slate to watch the movie on so i can appreciate it and shit on it for its merits and
0: faults but do you see what i was trying to do there with my semaphore
1: i did steven good job Thank you. It just looked um, like a regular wave, though.
0: Rounding out the top ten, it wasn't. It was. It was okay. further down the line. Um, <laughs> rounding out the top ten, we have a Valentine's Day in number six. I think that's that like Gary uh-huh. Marshall movie. In seventh place, Dear John, which I'm pretty sure is a Nicholas Sparks movie. In eighth okay. place, future episode of this podcast, Benicio del Toro's The Wolf Man uh directed oh, by joe johnston i hated that movie surprisingly we don't talk about it one day man but
1: no it's i hated it because of what it could have been like i watched day, man. it there's so many missed opportunities where they were they were they were almost there steven it's such a frustrating movie i'm sorry i can't wait to talk about it because boy i've got a lot to say about that
0: i would never have guessed that you would have a lot to say about oh, anything boy um in ninth place, the Tooth Fairy. What if the Rock was the Tooth Fairy? And uh, in tenth place, uh, from a holdover from the year before, an Oscar player, uh, Jeff Bridges's final or uh, first Oscar win. Finally, get gets one is what I'm trying to say. Uh, Crazy, get Heart. on with it, Stephen. Crazy Heart, the, where Crazy he's Heart. got
1: the he's on the cover and he's got the guitar. Did you ever see mm-hmm. that?
0: I didn't know.
1: Yeah, me neither. I have no idea what it's about. I don't know anybody that's seen it.
0: The song won the won the Oscar though, and so did Jeff Bridges. So good for him. I think it's on my voodoo though. Probably. Probably. You got a lot of stuff on your voodoo. Stuff um, that I have
1: no interest in. Yeah. The tomatometer. People were just giving score. me codes blindly for a couple years there, so it was just nice. like people were giving me codes, and I'd be
0: like, I don't know what this is, but let's see. Anyway, Tomatomator. Tomatomator score for the. Crazies is a 71%. The critics consensus tense, nicely shot and uncommonly intelligent. The Crazies is a horror remake that unusually works. Uh, The the meta score is a 56 based on mixer average reviews from 31 critics. And the letterbox score is a 3.0. Tucker out of five stars. How are you rating 2010s the crazies this gets a
1: four from me Mm. um had it not been a remake of something it would have been a three and a half but it gets an extra star just because it's such a good example of what i think a remake should be
0: and it gets it it did get a three from me but again all that repetition knocked it down a half star so it gets a two and a half from me
1: Mm. I can um, dig
0: it. The original gets a three and a half. I like the original quite a bit, but OG oh, yeah, a five for me. Mm, yeah. There are
1: things about that movie I hate, but the things I hate about it are also what makes it great. If that makes any fucking sense.
0: makes perfect sense to me. Absolutely. I, I get it, man. I do a hundred percent. But yeah, that is our episode covering the 2010 remake of the crazies. And dare I say it, the end of our fourth annual Spookython. That's it's it. It's in That's a Spooky-thon. Wrap, we,
1: we did all our Patreon stuff. We had the
0: Exorcist thing. That was yeah. our Patreon thing this month, right? But yeah, it was. Well, oh so shit. Look, if you guys want to hear us talk for about an hour and a half about the, the religious implications of the 1973 horror classic, The Exorcist, Or if you want to hear what we have to say week after week, talking about the shit that we've watched the week before, head on over to patreon.com slash disenfranchpod for just five bucks a month. You get access to literal hours of content behind that paywall, which uh, according to some of our patrons has been, quote, more than worth it. So we are, we would be thrilled to have you in our number. It also
1: comes with a guarantee, Stephen. That's it? Being a patron comes with a guarantee and that guarantee is that in just a few months you will get to hear us talk about the rage carry to
0: Yeah, something on
1: unenfranchised been... only on pay our patreon you can only hear that on our patreon you like even been... if you're friends with me like when jimmy did i paid jimmy to do the theme song for what are we watching and mm-hmm. he's like just send me the episode and i'm like man you're not a patron i just got to send you a snippet where your song is dude can't fuck around sorry
0: i wish i could that's it
1: that's my it. best friend that's my
0: best friend steven and he pays or he doesn't listen that's right that's what it is but <laughs> yeah, yeah no so we so yeah head on head on over there um yeah you've been you've been basically demanding we cover the rage carry two since before you were even a host on this show um, before we even knew each other, I was shouting out into the ether, boys, I don't know what boys, but
1: some boys, let's cover the rage, carry too every night, like before I went to bed, shout out my window, hey, yo, Pauly, your sister's with me, I'll call you back later. JK, that's not what I say. Yeah, I know.
0: Um, Anyway. Um, but head on over to our Patreon, Patreon, and and honestly, there's so much there's so much great stuff back behind that paywall. So absolutely check that out. Um, if, if you don't want to support us monetarily head on over to Apple podcasts or Spotify wherever you get your podcast, leave us a nice juicy five star rating and a review that's probably the best way to help us as podcasters um, to reach more people like yourselves and we love you guys and we'd probably like people like you too. So. And if
1: you can't be bothered to leave a review or a rating, just tell a friend, somebody who you think would enjoy the podcast. It's a very easy name. It's like disenfranchised. You just say hey, it's a disenfranchised podcast. People are like, I'll remember that.
0: Or even better, like go on a long road trip with them, lock the doors and just have nothing on your device except for episodes of this show.
1: Yeah. the show. No, the really good ones. If you need a list, I, I got a list yeah. of like like the the Desert Island top 5 if you need them. I got them. <laughs> I'll I mean, you we, boy.
0: We all have our favorite episodes. In fact, that is I think the subject of one of our very first um that uh, needs to be redone. We need to revisit that. Yeah, revisit I think we did that, that for our, like one year anniversary or something, but yeah. Word. Our top 5 episodes of Disenfranchised. But yeah. Um so yeah, please that 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 really goes a long way. Um Shoot us an email, pod at gmail.com. Let us know what you're thinking. Let us know how you've enjoyed the show. Uh, let us know if you have any suggestions of movies that you would like to see us cover uh, going forward. We do take all of those suggestions under advisement. So, absolutely uh, do that. You can follow us on the social media as we are on, I'm thinking about phasing out the Twitter account, but we are on Instagram, Blue Sky, Letterboxd, and Facebook at pod. Uh, I'm your host Stephen Foxworthy. You can find me on Instagram, letterboxed, blue sky, and yeah, that's it. At uh, Chewy Walrus, uh, what number. happened to the? What happened to Threads, man? You still on Threads? I, no, man, I'm out on
1: Threads. What about what was that one that was like called like Macho or something? Mastodon. Or like- tumultuous yeah there you go mastodon yeah what's yeah, that all about I, I
0: didn't i didn't i I didn't last long at all on i'm
1: keeping a running list of all these social media well, pages look, man, that you
0: <laughs> joined like, and then like abandoned immediately once twitter like went to the dark side like unabashedly i got the fuck out of there and you so gotta. i've been trying to find a new home and blue sky feels like that might be the place
1: very cool but yeah
0: So that's Uh, where I'm at. Tucker, where are you on socials these days? I'm on YouTube as
1: always. Um, You know, you can check out my music and uh, some old 45s that I've digitized for preservation purposes as well on my YouTube channel. Um, I'm also on the Insta Scams. Uh, Both of those at Ice909 I-C-E-N-I-N-E
0: I was about to ask if you said the name or not, because I don't remember here yet.
1: The number zero and the number nine. Uh, and also on Instagram is the <laughs> Tuck the Mugs page, which uh, we've been doing actually some more restructuring recently uh, in the staff. It's, it's like, look, we feel like we find good people and they do good work. And then... Something about having too many good people in one place—the interpersonal relationships—they uh, get messy. So people have to go. You know, it's—it's
0: it's been an really emotional you week. It's—you really just need to stop flirting with the interns. Is really what it comes down to.
1: Tucker. It's been an emotional week at Tuck Mugs. Okay, look, people fall in love with me, Stephen. All right, there's nothing I can do about that. What am supposed to do about? Th- I'm just over here being me. Anyway, we had to do some restructuring at tuck mugs. But I feel like we're going to be coming back strong sometime this week. Um, Little known fact, my birthday is in just a few days as of time of recording, that is. By the time you hear this, it will have passed. Um, But I'll probably post something pretty special that day. Okay. So, look out for that. I've been working with the team to see what's what's gonna be the best, what's gonna really surf that fucking algorithm to reach as many people as possible. I've got my people on it. Don't worry, and we'll see you in a few days at tuck mugs that's tuck underscore mugs on
0: instagram all right, and our friend Brett Wright is on Blue Sky at Sus Warlock and on Instagram and letterbox at sus underscore. Warlock, and that is all we have for this year's spookython guys, thank it's you so over. much for being a part of it It's, it's our favorite tradition um spooky-thon, and yeah. our most enduring tradition, and we do love it's it so much. so thank you for joining us for spooky Thon. We will return to regularly scheduled programming next week. I am your host, Stephen Foxworthy, for my co hosts. Uh, Tucker and the absent Brett Wright. Until next time, we're going off the rails on a crazy train. Going off the rails on a crazy train.